It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. It is Friday. Thank you so much for joining me today on today's show. Going to wrap up the winter meetings that were. They weren't a whole lot, but there was something there. We'll talk about that. And then also want to look at a few other rumors that are going around and wrap up. I'm going to present the Everyday 8 for the All-Decade team. And just see what your reaction is to that. Before we get to all of that, though, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or the Himalaya Podcasting app. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at Lockdown Reds. And save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. So... The winter meetings have concluded, and as is billed just about every single year, the winter meetings are where stuff happens in the offseason. It is the grandstand where everything comes together. You've got agents there. You've got the front office representatives from all 30 major league teams all there under one roof. So there's lots of dealing going on. Not a whole lot of trades, but everything was free agent related. And if you're Scott Boris, you made a ton of money this uh, winter meeting because, my goodness, he represents Garrett Cole. He represents Anthony Rendon. He represents Steven Strasburg. He represents Mike Moustakis, who was actually signed before the winter meetings. But all of that money goes to his clients. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Rendon signed with the Angels at seven years, $245 million. If you didn't see the news, Garrett Cole signed with the Yankees for nine years, $342 million. Steven Strasburg signed back with the Nationals for $245 million. Just astronomical amounts of money getting passed around here. And the Reds didn't sign anybody. There was no big get of note they didn't come away with dd dd went to philadelphia obviously they didn't get zach wheeler he went to philadelphia so who knows maybe philadelphia's done with their whole shopping thing but now we're focused on nick castellanos and marcelo zuna and guys like that in trades if there's trades to be had we'll talk about a uh, rumor on the trade front here in a minute But there's something to be said about this, because for the first time 
in a while. And really, the first time I can ever remember, the Reds were legitimately linked with players. It wasn't as if we were sitting here and we're saying, man, we wish the Reds could go after this guy, or we would really love it if they thought about looking at calling this player. No, they were actually in on him. And then there's an article by C. Trent Rosecrans in The Athletic talking about how the Reds were actually involved in just about everyone who got signed elsewhere. I don't know exactly how much stock you put in that. I put some. I, I put a little bit in there. It's nice that they're trying. It is very annoying that nothing actually happened, and the sense of urgency has to be through the roof for the Reds franchise right now because if they're going to make significant improvements, they got to get to it. Unlike last year where some of the major free agents hung on for a very long time, and if you're Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell, you didn't even sign a contract till midway through the season. That's not happened this year. Teams have shunned the worry of the compensatory pick, and they've gone after these guys with big market deals and high numbers that I just said that are crazy through-the-roof contract totals. So... The Reds got a snap to it. It's not something where they can continue to wait because if they continue to wait, we will be talking about, all right, well, they got this deal of a guy or this plan B sure looks good or things of that nature. And don't get me wrong, I'm not discouraged, but I am a little, I guess, annoyed maybe is the word that we didn't see some kind of big thing happen at the winter meetings because that's where I thought it was all going to go down. I thought we were going to have a big week of news instead of it was a big week of rumors and rumors and, and more rumors. And when you look at the winter meetings, there were a couple of winners. I thought, I, I, I mean, obviously the Yankees, the Yankees have positioned themselves as a world series favorite now because their pitching staff is headed is head is, 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 um, it has an ace. Wow, can't think of the right word there. Their pitching staff has the man at the top with Garrett Cole, and they've got the lineup that can just knock the cover off the ball. You've also got the Angels, who add Anthony Rendon to a lineup that already includes Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, so the middle of that lineup is now crazy. In fact, Albert Pujols doesn't even have to be a big bopper in that lineup anymore, and he's probably still going to get a whole heck of a ton of RBIs. In that Angels, the Angels will be a lot of fun to watch next year with Anthony Rendon in tow. Who knows? Maybe they'll actually get Mike Trout to the postseason, and they're still rumored to be in on a pitcher like Madison Bumgarner or something of that. Like Hinjin Ryu. Those are the two biggest pitchers who are left. The Reds really aren't going after them. There's been some speculation as to whether the Reds would go after Madison Bumgarner. There was a report from Bobby Nightingale saying that Dick Williams has said we're pivoting away from the big market guys. We might look at some cost-effective solutions, i.e. a lower number of guys, maybe even, you know, invite to spring training type starting pitchers. They're focused more on the hitting and maybe a bullpen arm or something like that, which is great. That's what they need. We need more hitting. But there's also this weird rumor about a trade. We're going to get to that in just a minute. I also want to do some all-decade talk. But first, have you checked out the Spotify Wrapped feature? Check out Spotify Wrapped and take a screenshot. Basically, what it is, it's, it's like a summary if you use Spotify for your podcast. It's a summary of your podcast listening habits over the last year. 
check out Spotify Wrapped, take a screenshot, and then tweet it, tagging at LockedOnLive, and tag at LockedOnRevs as well, and we'll share it. We'll share your podcasting activity for the year. Also, if you have not checked out this offer, go to BlueChew.com and enter promo code MLB to get your first order for free. You just pay $5 in shipping. Blue Chew, you've heard it on the podcast before, is a generic form with the same active ingredient as Viagra or Cialis. So if you're looking to please your partner and get a little performance boost in the bedroom, Blue Chew's got you covered. Just chew it and do it with Blue Chew. And you can skip the awkward in-office doctor visit because you just go to their website at bluechew.com. You fill out an online questionnaire. You have it shipped to your door. There's no waiting in line at the pharmacy with some weird cashier giving you a side eye because you're buying something that's going to give you a performance boost in the bedroom. No, it gets sent to you via BlueChew.com and enter promo code MLB today for your first order for free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Reds podcast. So there's a new rumor going around, and there's a new rumor every single day, and I, I don't know about you, I'm kind of starting to get rumor fatigue, because the more rumors we hear, the more we get our hopes up, and as of right now, nothing is happening. So it's just rumor after rumor after rumor after rumor with nothing else going on. But there's a new rumor out there that the Red Sox are looking to move David Price, and that the Reds have at least contacted the Red Sox about David Price. The interesting thing with him, there, there's a couple of different reasons. Obviously, he's a very talented guy. you you got to be talented to get the contract that he was given by the Red Sox. The problem with him is he's been injury prone. We talked about this a little bit on yesterday's podcast with Tom Mitzoff, talking about his lack of durability over the last three seasons. So I'm not going to jump into all of that. And obviously, the big contract, he's owed $32 million a year over the next three years. That would be the biggest contract on the Reds. So probably not a super lucrative idea for the Reds to go after him unless there's some sort of sweetener. Here's the thing, though. There's an article in The Athletic from the beat writer of the Boston Red Sox talking about how the Red Sox are not looking to add a sweetener. They're not going to include an Andrew Benintendi. They're not going to include a Mookie Betts. They're not going to include some of their top prospects because they feel as though David Price can stand on his own in a deal. So whereas Tom and I kind of approach the idea as if he's a more talented version of Matt Kemp in that you include him in a trade deal, maybe to get the deal done so that you take more financial uh, flexibility, you take more of the financial burden away from the Red Sox, who are looking to at least cut a little bit of money this year. The Red Sox have basically come out ahead of that and said, no, that's not what we're trying to do at all. We look at trading David Price as if we're trading Mookie Betts. Someone's got to impress us. And I think that's terrible. I don't think the Reds should be shelling out for David Price at all because, like I said, he'd be the most expensive contract on the Reds. Talking about a guy who's been very not durable over the last three years. Who knows if that's even going to get better? I hate that idea. A lot. I like him as part of a deal which hypothetically got some uh, financial check mark done 
for the Red Sox, not necessarily as the centerpiece of the deal that the Reds would be getting back. So Kudlami completely unimpressed, and I want nothing to do with that as a Reds fan. I don't want them giving up a ton of players, really anyone. I mean, even if they give up a mid-level guy, they're essentially spending their entire offseason budget on this trade with David Price, and they're hamstringing themselves for the next three years with a $32 million contract, $32 million a year. I, I want nothing to do with that. There's there's other rumors going around about Nolan Arenado, uh, more rumors about Mookie Betts, Francisco Lindor, uh, maybe going to Los Angeles. So who knows if Corey Seager would become available. Those are all far more interesting to me than anything to do with David Price. And I know that there's a connection with him and Derek Johnson from the from when David Price was in college at Vanderbilt. That's all well and good. But unless that connection makes him cut his contract in half, <laughs> I don't want it. I, I just don't. So uh, that is a rumor that I've heard that I'm just completely out on. I don't want any part of that. Nonetheless, like I mentioned, got a little rumor fatigue. So for this, for the final segment of today's show, I want to present to you my thoughts on the All-Decade team. Let's do the Everyday 8 just for right now, but this being a Friday, let's listen today on a fun note. Let's stop talking about rumors and how the Reds didn't do anything at the winter meetings. Let's look back on the decade that was, because we all know there are a couple of locks on the team. Obviously, your All-Decade first baseman is Joseph Daniel Votto. There has been few first basemen in the entire league that have been better than him these last 10 years. I would argue none. And there's only been one, as far as I'm concerned, and obviously I'm super biased, but there's only been one position player that has been better than him, and that's Mike Trout. Other than Mike Trout, Joey Votto has been the best non-pitcher for the last 10 years. Obviously, he's the first baseman. Second baseman's Brandon Phillips. Mortal lock there. I don't understand. I mean, you could probably argue the couple of years of Scooter's net were really good, but I think that Brandon Phillips, with the things that he did in the field with the bat, and the fact that you could hit him anywhere in the lineup and he was productive, absolute lock at second base. I remember when I first introduced the idea of the all decade team, I kind of forgot about him. And my bad, Brandon, I know you're a big fan of the podcast, but uh, yeah, we'll include you in there. Mortal lock, second baseman. Also a mortal lock, right fielder, Jay Bruce. I mean, come on. Clinchmas. He began this decade with just as much awesomeness as you can imagine. It was probably, honestly, if we're really thinking about it, it was probably the best part of the decade. That and the home run derby. But as far as what it meant for the team and what it meant for everyone else involved, Clinchmas, best part of this decade, it's all thanks to Jay Bruce and his mammoth home run off of Tim Burdak and the Houston Astros back in 2010. So he's your right fielder. And then your third baseman. Or no, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Lock, shortstop, Zach Kozart. Kozart is funny because he was in the news yesterday, or two days ago, actually. He got traded from the Angels to the Giants and almost a salary dump, or it was a salary dump, really, because the Angels included their first-round pick from last year, guy they picked in the first round of last year's draft, so as to get the deal done. And the only thing that San Francisco gave up was cash or a player to be named later. That's it. Now Zach Cozart is a San Francisco Giant. But he is the shortstop of the decade for the Reds. Again, complete package, great glove at shortstop, great bat, 
Uh, he was always at the top of the lineup there for the Reds. He's your shortstop of the decade. Now, the rest of the field, not necessarily locks, but I, I would go ahead and pick him. Your third baseman's A. Eugenio Suarez. Now, there was an argument between him and Scott Rowland. Obviously, Scott Rowland was on far more successful teams, but Scott Rowland was never the face of the franchise. A. Eugenio Suarez is the face of the Reds now, moving forward. He is the guy in Cincinnati. And Scott Rowland can never say that. Eugenio Suarez, super talented, obviously just missed the 50 home run, just missed a 50-burger last year. Hopefully he hits that 50-burger this year. He's your third baseman of the decade. Plus, we got him for absolutely nothing. I mean, just way to go. Dick Williams, and I, I don't know if Nick Crawl was in on this, but definitely Dick Williams on that trade with Detroit where you trade Alfredo Simon for Eugenio Suarez. And the hilarious part about that was the very next season, Alfredo Simon was back in Cincinnati via free agent contract. He wasn't all that great, but the point is they got Suarez for literally nothing. Then you move back into the outfield. My center fielder for the decade, this is going to be a little controversial, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Give me a call. Give me a text on the Lockdown Reds line at 513-549-0159 on all of these positions, not just center field, but let me know what you think. But my center fielder for the decade, Shin Su Chu. Now, I know he was only here one year. It's not as if he was the center fielder for as long as Billy Hamilton was, but Shin Su Chu's one year in 2013 was absolutely phenomenal. Obviously, a little bit more heavy, heavily weighted on the uh, batting side than on the fielding side. But my goodness, was he good with the bat. Almost, almost makes you wonder if you could go back in time and stop them from trading him away if, uh, if they would do something like that. But, man, he was the center fielder of the decade for me. And, and part of the way that I look at these players, it's not all, hey, the longevity is a big deal. It's how valuable were they to the Reds for the time that they were there. And that's why I've picked these guys, because nobody was a better center fielder for the time that they were a Red than Shinsu Chu. Just wasn't that way. Then in left field, you got to go with Ryan Ludwig. It's kind of been a hodgepodge ever since Ryan Ludwig was here, and he was only here for a few years. But those three years were awesome. He was part of the playoff team. He had a really good season his first year in Cincinnati. So Ryan Ludwig is my left fielder. It's it's kind of hard to really argue anything other. I guess Adam Duvall is kind of in the argument there, but I just think Ryan Ludwig was slightly better. We didn't get him at his prime, but we still got some good years out of him. And then last but not least, catcher. This one's a toughie because there's there's three guys and there's all good arguments for and good arguments against. In fact, if you see uh in the Athletic Sea Trent Rosecrans, he picked an all-decade team. He picked Ryan Hannigan as his catcher of the decade. I'm going to pick Devin Mezzarocco. Now, I I understand they ended up trading him for nothing, just letting him go basically. A lot of that was to do with health though. It, when he was healthy, he was a middle-of-the-order hitter. Devin Mezzarocco was a talented hitter, and whenever he was coming up through the farm system, everyone had him tagged as the catcher of the future. 
it's just he started getting unlucky with all the injuries and stuff, and that kind of derailed his career, really. But a healthy Devin Mesoraco is the best catcher that the Reds had this past decade. So that's my everyday eight. The all-decade team for the Locked On Reds podcast is Joey Votto at first base, Brandon Phillips at second base, Zach Cozart at shortstop, Eugenio Suarez at third base. You've got Devin Mesoraco at catcher. Ryan Ludwig in left field, Shinsu Chu in center field, and Jay Bruce in right field. Next week, we're going to talk about the all-decade pitchers. Obviously, the biggest lock of the decade for Reds pitchers is Johnny Cueto. You can't start an all-decade Reds pitching staff conversation without Johnny Cueto. But we'll get to all of that next week. Thanks so much for listening to today's Locked On Reds. And if you missed anything this week, go back and make sure and check it out. I had a great talk with Tom Mitsoff yesterday. You're not going to want to miss that. Go back and check it out if you haven't already done so. And the best way to not miss any podcast is to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button on the podcasting platform you're listening to right now. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And follow the show at Locked On Reds. Also, save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone, 513-549-0159, and check out LockdownReds.com for even more content. Sorry we've been late. We've been a little light on the new content this week um, in the process of moving. But next week, we're going to pick back up on that. Going to be a lot of stuff to look at there. So thanks so much again for listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I will talk to you guys on Monday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.